welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. I created this podcast, or started it anyway, in the summer of 2020 as a way to kind of reach more people, not only our current clients that we work with across the country, but also new listeners that could benefit from the information and the advice that we share in regards to retirement planning. And my hopes were to kind of cut the BS out, right? There's a lot of bad information and garbage out there that's not useful to you. And and I don't even know why it's in print. But on this podcast, it's kind of straightforward, no-nonsense, good information that's going to be helpful and productive to you and your situation. Now, every episode may not be helpful. It may not be applicable to where you're at, but just get forward to the next episode or maybe scroll back and find an episode that you think will be helpful. I try to be, like I said, very straightforward and try to cut out a lot of the fluff that's out there. And it's really counterproductive, right? It's a waste of time. But if you're one of those people that likes to kind of cut to the chase and and learn something, my intention is to have this podcast geared more towards people like you and me. If you're a new listener to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for listening. Who I am, I'm a uh, financial planner in St. Louis, Missouri, and I strictly work with people 50 and older as they plan for a successful retirement that they envision. Just like a fishing guide is there to make sure your experience is very memorable and successful, that's what I do for people when it comes to retirement planning, is acting as their guide to make sure they're making all the smart choices and decisions to set themselves up for a better future. And I hear so often, so many clients say to me, wow, that's smart. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) I'm glad I have you in my corner. Well, that's what I'm here for. I enjoy this kind of stuff, and that's why I do the podcast, so hopefully I can teach people who aren't clients a lot of the strategies and techniques that we use to make sure you're making those smart choices and those smart decisions. Based on listener feedback, again this week, I'm going to cover some of my favorite listener questions. We're going to talk about that in the second half of the show. That seems to be, you know, based on the emails and calls that I get from listeners, that seems to be the favorite part of the podcast. So we'll just continue at that pace. So please keep submitting your listener questions. Our website is retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. My company website is stlouisfinancialadvisor.com. Very easy, stlouisfinancialadvisor.com. Some people find me that way. Some people find me through retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. My email is on the website. At the bottom, you can submit your questions. And please do submit your question because you're helping other people out, other listeners who probably have the same question. So this episode, we're going to start off, we're going to talk about changes to not only 401ks in 2022 next year, also talk about changes to Medicare that have been just announced today, actually, as of the recording of this podcast episode. We're also going to talk about conservative investments and what a lot of people don't understand about bonds and bond mutual funds and conservative investments can actually lose money over the short term. So we're going to talk about that. How is that the case? If it's conservative, that means it should never be able to lose money. Well, we need to really define our definition here and and talk about that more. I'm also going to expand on that discussion a little more and how in this day and age, 
it's so much more challenging than it was when interest rates were a lot higher. When you could buy a CD at the bank and get 5% interest rate. When bonds were paying, you could buy a, a US Treasury bond that was paying 5, 6, 7%. Those days are over. In, in this day and age, interest rates are so low right now, and the cost of living is really, really high. But with interest rates so low, if you try to buy a CD at the bank, you're going to get next to nothing in interest. Your savings account at the bank or in your money market at the bank is going to pay very, very little interest. Same thing with buying bonds. They're all going to have very, very low interest yields. That's just a sign of the times, and it makes the investing and the saving that we do just that more, much more difficult. And so we're going to talk about that in the first segment of the show. And then again, second segment of the show, we'll jump into your listener questions. So hope you enjoy this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast. If you haven't already, check out our website and download some of our free resources we make available. RetirementMadeEasyPodcast.com. Underneath the resources tab, you can check out my secret sauce to retirement, my retirement secret sauce, that is, as well as our tax planning guide and my couple's guide to a dream retirement, which I put together with my business coach, my life coach, and they were great inspirations and helpers on that project. So check it out, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. All right, let's kick off this episode with these announcements for 2022 about your 401k. What changes are occurring in 2022 in, in terms of your 401k, your Roth IRA? Well, guess what? Due to inflation, they are allowing you to contribute an extra $1,000 a year to your 401k, 403b, whatever plan you have through work, your, your TSP plan through work. Last year, if you were under 50, you could contribute up to $19,500. Now, in 2022, it will be an extra 1000 so it'll be $20,500. And again, if you're over 50, there's still that same $6,500 catch-up. So my people are telling me, the math experts, that if you're now over 50, you'll be able to contribute $27,000 a year to your 401k. So that's good, right? Maybe you have a, a Roth 401k through work. One question that I get all the time is, does that limit include the company match? No, it does not. That includes everything you are putting in from your paycheck, not the employer match. In other words, the employer match does not reduce that uh, contribution limit. The other thing is, what about Roth IRAs in 2022? Surely with inflation, the cost of living going up like crazy over the past year, that they would, the IRS would give us an extra 500 or $1,000 allowed to contribute to our Roth IRAs, right? Wrong. The IRS announced that that six, if you're under 50, it's $6,000 that you can contribute. Over 50, it's going to remain $7,000 that you can contribute to your Roth IRA for the calendar year. So they raised what you can contribute to your 401k, but gosh, if you don't have a 401k, good luck. You can only contribute, again, the same amount. If you're over 50 to the Roth IRA, it's still $7,000, even though inflation is out of control at this point. The other thing, terrible news just came out today. Medicare announced a lot higher than expected raise to Medicare Part B 
it's the largest raise ever in the history of Medicare. It's going up 14.5%. Your Medicare Part B premium, which last year was $148.50 in 2021, depending on your income level, that's where it started at. Now in 2022, it's going up 14.5%. It's going to be $170.10 at the lower income level. So what that tells us is, yeah, your social security benefit, again, you probably remember back in October that the Social Security Administration said those benefits are going up 5.9% because inflation has been so high. But what we're taking for Medicare Part B, which comes directly out of your Social Security benefit, if you're collecting both, that's going up 14.5%. Shouldn't they be closer? If the cost of living on Social Security is 5.9, shouldn't the, the cost of Medicare Part B that's being expensed out of your Social Security benefit shouldn't be a lot closer? Shouldn't it be more like 7 or 8 or 6? But again, going up 14.5% increase to Medicare Part B. A little history lesson for us. Look back to what the Medicare Part B premium was at the lowest income level in 20. 12, so exactly 10 years ago. So in 10 years, how much has it gone up? It was $99.90. So if it's now 170 bucks a month, simple math, it's gone up in 10 years, it's gone up 70%. So when I'm coaching clients, when I'm coaching pre-retirees and retirees and helping them envision and put together, piece together their retirement plan, what we need to understand is okay, this is what Medicare has increased the past 10 years. What do we think it's going to increase the next 10 years and the next 10 years after that and the following 10 years? Is it going to keep increasing at basically 7% a year for the next 10 years? So we need to be able to plan for that. How are we going to be able to afford our Medicare premiums? We need to kind of look back, like if you've been a listener of this podcast for any time, I am huge on planning for an increased cost of living throughout your retirement. Every year, everything you buy will cost more. This is something that all of our clients know because we plan ahead. This is no surprise. The cost of living is going to keep getting more and more and more. And if you're trying to live on a fixed income, every single year you're getting squeezed, squeezed, and squeezed more. But if you go into retirement planning ahead and saying, I know every year this is going to keep costing me more and more and more, you're not shocked when we run into another year like this where the price of a Thanksgiving dinner is up 11%. This is something that we planned ahead. So you're not surprised. You're not caught blindsided, right? It's kind of like if you wanted to go camping in Seattle, you would want to look at the historic weather in Seattle. Well, it rains all the time there. Well, if we're going camping, we want to plan ahead. Do we have rain jackets? Do we have ponchos? Do we have Ziploc bags to keep everything dry and safe? You want to plan ahead and see what you're getting into before you actually retire. Okay, the next segment, I had a, a listener question that was kind of geared towards this and actually someone that had called the office that that was a conservative investor. And this person was upset that their investments, they, they had bond mutual funds, they had actually lost money this year. Well, bonds, by definition, they can lose money from year to year, depending on what interest rates do. 
So this person was really upset. Interest rates right now, we have to understand, are at record lows. So if you go to a bank and you want to buy a CD or a credit union, you want to buy a CD, guess what? You're going to be very, very disappointed with the interest rate that is quoted on an 18-month, a five-year CD, three-year CD, whatever it is. It's going to be a very, very low interest rate, pathetically low in most cases. Same thing with bonds right now right? Bonds. Look at a, a treasury bond, a U.S. treasury bond or a T-bill. Look at uh, corporate bonds. They're all going to have very low interest rates. The yields are going to be very, very low. This isn't the you know 1980s or 1990s anymore when interest rates were in the teens or high single digits. So I think people have to reset their expectations, especially those that are conservative investors, and make sure your portfolio matches your retirement plan, what you need out of your investments, what you need your retirement portfolio to produce as far as income and interest. And if it's not, well, then you need to readjust. And again, it's just these low interest rates are making it so, so much harder for us as investors and as savers. And between you and me, as a financial planner, we've had to become more creative than ever to find solutions for people. But I think finally some people are waking up when the cost of living is going up 6% in a year. You know, let's just say it's 6% this past year. And their CDs at the bank are earning a quarter of a percent. Guess what? They're way behind. They need to at least be keeping up with the cost of living. So I think for a lot, and especially the savers out there, their money markets, their savings accounts, they're practically earning no interest at all to speak of, and yet their costs, their expenses are going up and up and up, and they just can't keep their head above the water. All right, let's jump into everybody's favorite segment of the show, which is listener questions. Again, if you have listener questions, go to the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. You can email in your question. We'll talk about it on the show. We'll all have fun. We'll all learn. So this question, the first one comes from Larry. Larry said, Greg, I've been doing some research on an annuity called a QLAC. What are your thoughts? Would you purchase this? Larry, thank you for your question. To answer your question, no, I would not purchase it. That's for me. That's for my clients, for any member of my family would likely not purchase this. What is a QLAC? It's a Qualified Longevity Annuity Contract. So this is something that would be purchased with an IRA, a 401k, something like that. The whole idea behind it is it's a deferred annuity. So it's like buying a pension and you pick the payout option that you want. The thing I really don't like about it is, and to be clear, this is a very specific type of annuity. There's, there's many different types, but this QLAC is very specific and that was the point of your question. Really, the value of this QLAC, this type of annuity, is based on interest rates. So the higher the interest rate, the more valuable this is. So interest rates are right, right now at rock bottoms or very close to it. So this type of annuity, not very attractive, not very valuable compared to times when interest rates were higher. How this is valuable and it's kind of recommended to some people is if you put a certain portion of your IRA or 401k in this, it is not subject to required minimum distributions for that portion that's in the QLAC. That's the only advantage I really see. But I want to answer the question that was asked. 
Those are my thoughts, Larry. Would I purchase something like this? No. Next question comes from Susan. Susan has a really good question. Love this, Susan. Susan said that she's going to be retiring at the end of the year, December 31st, 2021, but she has the option. She's flexible on the retirement date. She's going to get a bonus at the end of the year, and she's also going to get paid out for her sick and vacation time. Her earnings, she's a high-income earner, you know, relatively speaking, makes about $140,000. That is before her bonus and her vacation sick time. Would I do anything different? She said her vacationing sick time is going to amount to another $40,000. Susan, without knowing more specific information about where you're at, if you're married, that kind of thing, if I was in your shoes, I would push off my retirement until January, February, something like that, maybe even March or April. This is why. I would tell my company, I want to be paid on my sick time and my vacation time. Possibly some of that could be put into your 401k. I don't know what your company rules are. That could defer some of the taxes. Potentially, if you've already maxed out your 401k for 2021, I would use some of my bonus money to be tax deferred into the new year. So I would look at this from kind of a tax situation, and I would rather push the bonus, the vacation and sick time off into 2022, where you'll be in a lower tax year instead of tacking it, slapping it on the end, assuming this is your highest income year that you've ever had. A lot of people, that's the case the year they retire. Why would you slap that extra $40,000 of taxable income already on top of $140,000? I'd rather just push that off until 2022, early 2022. If I was your financial planner, that's what I would be recommending to you is looking at this from a tax perspective. And if you can, don't leave Uncle Sam a tip. There's no reason to. Next question comes from Thomas. Thomas asks, Greg, my company has 401k stock that I'm able to invest inside of my 401k. What are your thoughts? I really love my company and they've been really good to me over the years. What do you think is a good amount to invest in my company stock within the 401k? Thomas, great question. First question I have back to you, do they give you any discount when you purchase the stock within your 401k? For example, there are some companies like Lowe's that gives employees a discount upon the purchase price. So it may be 10%, 15% off of the you know publicly traded amount if you are an employee and you buy it within your 401k plan. That's a nice benefit, certainly. That's one thing I would recommend checking into, Thomas, to make sure you understand that. But to answer your question, 10% is the kind of rule of thumb that I fall in the camp of. So a lot of pension plans, when they're managing these big pension funds, and it's kind of the prudent fiduciary standard, is to invest no more than 10% of the portfolio in one position. So if something were to happen to that 10%, that's, let's say, the company stock, it wouldn't crush you. It wouldn't crush your retirement plans. It's certainly significant to help and hurt, but not so significant that it's going to crush your future. So versus the people that, you know, work for GM had, and I'd mentioned this on past podcasts here in St. Louis, there's some plants outside of St. Louis. They had all of their retirement savings in GM stock and they lost everything. To me, that's just taking too much risk. But if you work for a fantastic company, and if even so, if they're giving you 
uh, discount on the stock price, 10, 15%, something like that. And if you're a company, you know, it's a great company, has been good to you, and your success is their success, well, I can see why you would want to own some of the company stock and be a part of the overall success and direction of the company. If it were me, I would just keep it at 10% or less. Hope that helps, Thomas. Last question of the week is from Cindy. Cindy, thanks for your question. Cindy asks, Greg, I have a question for you about some advice we had received. We met this person, who I will not name, at a seminar dinner, and I think I know where this is going, and we met with this person. I like how she doesn't say financial advisor. She says person. Met with this person afterwards at a meeting at his office. He recommended that we fund an IRA, self-directed IRA, with all of our money in our 401ks and invest the money in an annuity that can go up, but it can never go down. It can never lose a penny, but it can grow with the market. What are your thoughts? Feel free to fire away. Anything helps. Cindy. Cindy, I hope you and your husband enjoyed the steak dinner. I would not take this person's advice. Based on what you told me in this question, how you framed this question, it seems like this person, the only interest of this person is in selling a product. What It sounds like it's an insurance product and whatever it is. He or she bought you a steak dinner to come to a presentation and you're supposed to purchase a product. They're hoping that you're you're going to purchase a product from them. It's kind of like a timeshare. They give you a free stay for a couple nights, all inclusive, and then they're hoping you buy the timeshare. And since you asked my opinion, Cindy, I would rather see you and your husband, Bob, work with an advisor and actually a fiduciary who is going to listen to your retirement hopes and goals and dreams and what do you want to accomplish and figure out how they can help you make that work through tax planning and putting together your investments to make sure they're tax efficient, making sure your social security claiming strategy is correct, making sure your beneficiary planning is all sound so everything can transfer seamlessly to the next generation. Those are kind of the conversations that are missing here, and hopefully you can find that with somebody else. And the other thing I don't like, uh, just to be upfront here, is you don't put all your eggs in one basket. In other words, you don't want to put all of your 401k into an insurance product because you can't get out of it. You're stuck in it at that point. And that's why we recommend the bucket strategy. So you have different buckets working for you in different capacities. And if you want to jump to the episode, the bucket strategy, that is the most popular one of the probably the top five most popular episodes we have on the Retirement Made Easy podcast. So Cindy, hopefully you can check that out. Thanks for listening. And to everybody else, hopefully these questions have been helpful. I'll see you next week. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested 
invested into directly. The Smart Vester program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor Smart Vester are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC.